Welcome to Seeing Red the Pod, episode 50, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm Stephanie, and here with me today, as always, are April and Melody. Hey, ladies, how's it going? Our 50th episode! 50! Can you believe it? Yay! I can't believe it. I can't believe we're done 50. Oh my gosh. I'm currently um, setting off smoke bombs in every color I could find to celebrate, like right now. Mm-hmm. It's my basement. I can actually barely breathe. So. Stink bombs. Did you do anything yeah. fun this weekend, ladies? I got my first sunburn. Nice work. Yeah. Were you gardening? I was gardening. I bought, I don't know if I told you this, April. But I bought a terracotta chicken and it was like 50 bucks, which it seems like kind of absurd to me, actually. But he's so cool. She's like the most wonderful little hen. And then I put an aloe vera plant in her. And I was so excited about her. Fantastic. Am I supposed to pretend I haven't heard this three times? <laughs> You've heard it three times today? Oh, I didn't Oh, I forgot. I, I no, no. A cute picture. everyone needs a terracotta chicken i would just recommend everyone go get a terracotta chicken and when the aloe gets in there and when he you know when the aloe gets really big it's gonna be like this giant plumage on the chicken and it's gonna be amazing (laughs) i just like that it's called hen because that's a nickname you use for your kids sometimes true true um I did not do anything exciting except that I am officially fully vaccinated oh. at this point. Ooh. And my husband got his second dose, so he's on his way. Mm-hmm. Progress. And I have to do more um, celebratory, you know, smoke, colorful smoke bombs. <laughs> celebration music. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I guess I did also. This is COVID related, but um, I actually got to take my kids to visit grandma in the assisted Aww. living because oh, it's yay. like allowed. And so that was nice. And she's in a really nice place. And so we mostly sat outside, but it was a beautiful weekend. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't get over how fantastic the weather was. Yeah. I was really feeling you know, I don't know if it was all across the state, but, you know, a good chunk of the state, we had first spring and it got way <laughs> too hot, way too fast, like 90 That's degrees. Weird. And it just made me feel sick. Um, and then it got really cold and windy and rainy and I had to turn my heat back on. I was a whole thing. And now we're in second spring. And I think it's taken me a little longer than normal to get into it. But today I felt fully spring I just like could feel it in my bones and I spent way too much at the garden store bought my hen um planted some stuff I bought two thyme plants heads up thyme is a perennial and the two plants I bought last year are still alive so now I have a lot of time and they kind of spread out a little bit so I have a lot of time so if anyone's going to need time making teas whatever I need time, but like (laughs) T-I-M-E. Well, I have plenty of... uh, Can can we grow sleep? That would be amazing. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we can. 
I I keep my time bush right next to my money tree. You're totally gonna break into your yard. You just um you just call the guy. What's the guy who always sends us the checks every month for being liberals? Oh, George Soros. Yeah, you just call him and you say like, (laughs) "Hey, where's my money tree, George?" No, just put it. Guy, awesome. How am I not on this list already? I don't know. He's neglecting us Nebraskans. (laughs) He's like only for California, New York. Screw you guys. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. Um, Stephanie, what have you been up to? Um, yesterday, um, we went and had lunch at a park and then ran around, uh, and it was gorgeous. And there's a guy with a remote control boat. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really wanted a remote control anything until I saw a remote controlled boat. And I was like, well, that looks fantastic. Ooh, that does um, sound fun. I know. I was like, I have mm-hmm. always loved remote control things. <laughs> I don't know why. Not enough to like buy them, but yeah, I'm not very good at it. But I figure in the water, it might be a little more forgiving, mm. you know. So uh, I have Shelby... a kiddo. Oh, sorry. No, Shelby and I were joking about chasing the geese around with it, which probably isn't very kind. But um, you know, I have a kiddo obsessed with monster trucks, and we were watching a monster truck video before bed tonight. And I learned from this actual Monster Jam video that the drivers practice stunts with RC cars to decide which are like giant mm-hmm. size. Not giant, but like big size remote control cars. And they practice their stunts to see if it's even possible to try the things they want to do in their real truck. That's so cool. Can you watch yeah. YouTubes of that? I didn't see YouTubes of the practice. I just, the um, the announcer on the Monster Jam video is a driver. And so he was talking about how they do that. And I was like, huh, never knew that. There must be. Probably. There's videos and everything. So, Melody. Yes. What are we going to talk about today? So, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the coverage but um noise which is what's their acronym north omaha Omaha. something something something. but it's a news station and they publish a lot through digital media and they're really they have a lot of interesting content and they've really been knocking it out of the park on watching the legislature and I don't know if they've always been knocking it out of the park, but for sure this year they have been. And they wanted access to the governor's press conference on, I can't remember exactly what the topic is, but it's something that they've been covering a lot. And so they went and the governor would not let them in. And so now um, Senator Michaela Kavanaugh is advocating for them. And I think the ACLU is looking at um, perhaps taking on a case. But what the governor is basically saying is that they are not a real news agency. And he decides this using criteria that don't actually exist. And so he's saying they don't have. But what do you think? 
He says two things. He said that it's because they're not a member of the Nebraska uh, uh, some journalism group. But that's because that group has not evolved with the times and they don't have members who are digital only. You have, all of your members have to have a print aspect. And they were like, well, we don't have one and we don't want one in 2021. And so we can't be members. And then his second reasoning was, well, they're, uh, they're just an advocacy group funded by liberal you know, groups. And I'm looking at their website and they're, they've gotten grants of $5,000 or more from the Sherwood Foundation, the White's Family Foundation, the Hitchcock Family Foundation, the Omaha Community Foundation, American Journalism Project, Racial Equity in the Journalism Fund. I did not see George Soros anywhere. Huh. <laughs> Super weird. And, I don't see. And the thing is, even if they were an advocacy organization focused on the topic of the press conference and they're educating the public based on that topic, they should get in. They should get in. And so here's what we know from Seeing Red. So several years ago, we had been heavily covering the Lie to Women bill which says when you want to get a medication abortion, your doctor has to give you inaccurate information that might kill you about the ability to reverse it. So it's a two pill regimen. And after you take the first pill, your doctor has to tell you, you might be able to reverse it and give you inaccurate information. So we were calling this the lie to women bill and we were heavily covering it. We tried to go to the press conference for the bill signing. And we were told we could not get in because it was for only the press. We asked what credentials they were using, how they were verifying people's credentials. The security guard at the door says the state patrol did not know, which is not sensical, right? Because if there are credentials that you have to have, Obviously, the person working the door would know what those are because they would be checking them. Right. And that wasn't happening. And, and also, so when we were emailing with the governor after this, and we were hearing back from K.O.R.'s grandson, who is a governor spokesperson, he was telling us because we were an advocacy organization, we could not get in. And he didn't count seeing red as journalism. Well, but the thing is, when everybody exited the room, it was a bunch of old people in matching t-shirts because they were there as people involved in advocacy on the topic, celebrating this bill that they love and helped. Right. Pass. There were like abortion or anti-abortion groups right. in there. Right. And then the, the group that was live streaming the bill signing, which is the only place you can watch a live version of that bill signing because um, the other news agencies didn't stream it. The only place you can watch it live was the Catholic Conference, which by their own words are an advocacy organization putting Jesus in politics. So the idea that the governor doesn't let advocacy groups into his press conferences is a it's, lie. Is a lie. And so we all know that sunshine is the best disinfectant, right? Mm -hmm. And when... 
the executive branch of the state government is willy-nilly deciding who can get in. That's obviously a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it's all lies. It just, it's it, all lies. It's a pile of sand. And so noise or any agency, there should, I understand there are only so many seats in the room. That I understand. Okay, fine. Sure. How do are you deciding who gets those seats? The governor should not be the one deciding who is and isn't press. That's, That's not right. the government's role. Right. Decide who gets to watch them. Um, so that shouldn't be handled by the governor um, or the Nebraska State Patrol at the door. That's not their job. Right. Two, if you're allowing advocacy organizations in the seats where you say only press are allowed, it shouldn't just be people who wanted the policy to pass. There is no reason that uh, you should be excluding dissenters when state law is being enacted. And this is not just a problem here in Nebraska, right? Like we just saw somebody in Georgia's Congress was arrested and taken to jail for knocking on the door during a bill signing. It is actually a big problem that the Republican governments around the country do not want people watching what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They don't want people in the room. It is a problem. It extends. I mean, it started like, think back like when Bush was president and like he'd have events that you couldn't go to if you didn't like Bush, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's like normal for Republicans. Like Trump, he they would kick people out, right? If you wore any kind of shirt that you were anti-Trump or whatever, he would he'd make threats about you and tell them he would pay for the lawyers, which of course mm -hmm. he wouldn't, but whatever. Um, so I mean, I hope the ACLU takes on the case. We actually oh did reach out to them as Seeing Red. We reached out to them when this happened. Mm -hmm. They um, did not take our case. They did not think we had a strong enough case um, for whatever criteria that they use. But definitely it is, it is a real problem that the governor is not letting people see what the government is doing. And anytime the government tries to function in the dark, we have a problem. We have yes. a so I'm happy to see that noise is making some noise about this because it, it's, it's not good. And unlike yeah. seeing red, they do have a little bit of funding. So they do actually have some like paid yeah. staff to kind of stay on top of this. They're really um, doing incredible work. Really check out noiseomaha.com. Yes. Check them out on Facebook too and, and Twitter. They're phenomenal and doing stuff that no one else is covering. It's really, really great. Um, yeah. One of the things that they've um, been covering, um, and we talked about it here as well, um, is the, the whole situation with the St. Francis Ministries, which, if you'll recall, or you could check out one of our old episodes, um, was the organization out of Kansas that was chosen as the child welfare the organization to run child welfare in the eastern part of the state. And they were super low bid, which sort of set off, sort of set off alarm bells, but, you know, didn't. And now they're so over budget and need an emergency situation to keep everything actually running. Um, it's just a whole nightmare. But Senator Kavanaugh, who is from the Omaha area, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, she has um, been pushing for 
a committee to investigate child welfare management um, in the Omaha area. And that would, you know, be St. Francis. And she has been leading this charge. She has been all over it. And um, so then, yeah, they finally get a committee. So then they're picking committee members. And uh, our understanding is that the committee is chosen by the, for an investigative committee, the, the members are chosen by the executive board. And they didn't put her on the committee. And another Senator McAllister said he has never, in all his years in the legislature, never heard of the Senator who proposed a committee investigation not getting on their own committee which is just insane <laughs> i mean it's incredible it's incredible yeah. she is the subject matter expert absolutely and they just didn't put her on the committee i mean i just can't i i hope people really understand how extremist our state legislature is I mean, there is like a small but dominant group of legislators and they are so extreme in their allegiance to the governor who has no ethics morals none at all and they basically will just do anything possible to protect him from his own bad decision making and push any idea he comes up with it's it's incredible to see it live And that's what this is with the St. Francis thing. They have, the governor put bad people in charge. His appointees have done a bad job. They have totally fucked up child welfare for children on the eastern part of the state, including the biggest city in our state. Um, and also because of just systemic and root causes, disproportionately, um, we have... BIPOC children, right? Disproportionately black indigenous um, children are in social services. Yep. Disproportionately, we criminalize poverty and take people's children yep. instead of actually helping families stay afloat. And, and the governor put somebody inappropriate in charge who did a bad job. And instead of now holding them accountable He's doing everything possible to go in the other direction. Like we act, we have an active legislature that is trying to make it okay that the governor's decisions have hurt and will continue to hurt children. And we're all feeling like we're in an alternate universe because we're agreeing with Tom Becca. <laughs> Radio person. Seriously. <laughs> Stephanie's like, am I having a break from reality? No, I listened to like four of his videos and I'm like, uh what's happening? But his his video that's I don't know, the one that's really seemed to have gone viral was the one about where he's saying I was wrong about Pete Ricketts. And he was like, I thought he would run the state like a business. And he's like, but he didn't. The only thing I don't agree with is like I never thought he would run it like a business. I did not think he'd be good at this, but um, he said government no isn't a business can I just put that exactly. out there real quick right no it's not thank you thank you um and he said you know he's like they 
a complete underbid should have been a big alarm bell. It should have been investigated before it was just approved. Yeah. If you're running a business, right? Um, and he said, you know, and, and then he said, uh, he mentioned how Michaela Kavanaugh wasn't on the committee and he, he thought that was crazy. And then um, he mentioned that one of the people on the committee, rumor has it, it's Clements, um, voted against having the committee and yet he got on the committee and Kavanaugh couldn't get on the committee. So what I hear is the committee members are Geist, Sanders, Wayne, Arch, Clements, Matt Hansen, Coulterman, McKinney, and Merman. So that's, what, is that four Dems? Only two women, seven men, and a bunch of those people are not even close close to an area served by St. Francis. Uh And so why were they given priority? At least over Michaela Kavanaugh. (laughs) Right. They could change their mind. They still could. The executive board could fix this. And... I think noise is maybe doing the best coverage, actually. Yeah. And it makes sense because a good portion of their readership, their kind of target audience, is disproportionately impacted by the decisions that this committee will find and what they'll decide to do. And the fact that governor won't let them in the room when government is happening, it, it ought to be criminal what the governor is doing. It ought to be criminal. And it probably is. It probably is criminal. There probably are some First Amendment protections there. So I would encourage, you know, the defender of civil rights in Nebraska, I would encourage the ACLU to take on that case because this is really, we cannot have the government, regardless of who's in charge, we cannot have them working in the dark. No. That is when corruption happens. And that is when... We can have the government deciding who is and isn't the press, who is and isn't an expert in any field at all, period, right? This is the same at the university level. The government doesn't get to decide who is relevant, who is an expert. But people in the field decide that amongst themselves. So the media themselves need to have some sort of process to say like, okay, here's our credentialing process. Here's how we decide. That's the Nebraska Press Association. But mm-hmm. again, they need to update Thank ASAP you. and protect their, I mean, it's a slippery slope once you start denying people. The press should be very worried about this. And so they need to update and allow digital platform, digital news like noise to become members. Mm-hmm. If that's how they're, if that's their um, professional association for how to you know, vet who's, who's a, if, if they're going to try and decide on their own, you know, who can go to these press conferences and be professional, well, then they got to mo- come catch up with 2021. Also, it's just not true. That's not how the governor decides who gets in and who doesn't. That is correct. But how the governor decides is he is using who has always been the legislative reporters and who has traditionally been there. And there's no mm-hmm. space for anyone new. Because Mm -hmm. all the rest of the seats are there for people who like politics and like his decisions. They're Mm -hmm. advocates. They're activists. Which is a dirty word if you disagree with the governor's politics. But if you agree with them, we don't call you that. We just call you like a supporter 
or I don't know, something more friendly. Yeah. But it's well, literally Noise the same say, thing. <laughs> Noise has said that they're not advocacy, but that they are trying to amplify voices and viewpoints that aren't normally heard. Right? And that's fair. <laughs> I would argue that the press thinking that they're not in advocacy is also just kind of nonsense. Like there is a myth mm-hmm. about the neutrality of press. I mean, I just saw in the Lincoln Journal Star mm-hmm. it basically published verbatim a press release from a city council member, Roy Christensen. He had a mini stroke um, yep. last week and he put in his press release that he had also had a COVID shot earlier in the day and he was unable to determine if the two were related. Here, here's one thing I'm going to say about this little ditty. He's like, I don't know, 65 and he's a doctor, an optometrist, I believe. Why did he just get his first COVID shot last Wednesday? Yeah, because he was eligible in the first way. Anyway. Eh. So the press didn't mention that and the press didn't ask an actual doctor and they didn't That's follow even up with any questions of- with him no they basically published his press release verbatim so the idea that the press is neutral and that you know that's nonsense and there is a Does very it- strong history of press in black communities being called activist when they are elevating voices in their own communities because, of course, they have their own communities because they've all been redlined. Um, and there is a long tradition of calling that activism press when really it's just raising up different viewpoints than the white heteronormative viewpoint of your mm-hmm. local paper for your town. So that's not the same thing yep. as advocacy. Exactly. This is not the same thing. This is not about press anymore, but it kind of goes back to children. Can I bring up one other thing we didn't talk about? Yes, Um, please. There was a story in the Journal Star, a guest opinion recently that was phenomenal. Um, It was written by Melanie Williams Smotherman and Richard Wexler. And they were giving their own opinion after a column written by um, the man who runs Cedars Home for Children. And um, his article had been all about there's no places for these foster kids. And Melanie had written, um, that's not true. We have, the system is pushing kids into foster care and taking up spaces needlessly. Uh, She's the executive director of the family advocacy movement in Omaha. And Richard Wexler, the other author, is the executive director of the National Coalition for Child Protection Reform. And this article just knocked it out of the park, their opinion article. Um, she's saying that it's systemic poverty that is pushing kids into foster care. Mm-hmm. That they're not, you think of kids are being beaten and tortured, um, but that is not it. She said in nearly three quarters of the cases, that's 75% of cases in which Nebraska children were taken, there was not even an allegation of physical or sexual abuse that they're taken because of inadequate housing. 17% of children in Nebraska are taken into foster care because of inadequate housing, which is double the national average. 
Nebraska, this is an actual quote, Nebraska tears families apart at a rate 50% above the national average, even when rates of family poverty are factored in. And of course, there's a terrible record for racial bias in child welfare in Nebraska. Black children are, are in foster care at triple the rate of the general population, five times the rate for Native children. Five times. And um, it's just and a really- context, in Nebraska, I think we were the last state in the country to shut down the schools for Native American children, where you basically steal the children from their families and force them into these boarding schools and then send them back to their families um, where they have often lost all of their language and mm -hmm. cultural identity and they can't even like speak to their grandmothers anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is also just for context in Nebraska. Yeah. And so their, their claim is, you know, like there's a lot of um, times the poverty is confused for neglect and that these um, children are taken sometimes because the parents have a substance abuse problem that could have been fixed with in-home drug treatment. Mm -hmm. um, the, that if the, we did some systemic change to stop putting poor kids into foster care just because they're poor, um, then there'd be plenty of room in good, safe foster homes for those kids who really need them. Anyways, it was fabulous and so refreshing to see um, them writing about. I immediately had to look up the family advocacy movement in Omaha and follow them because I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put the link in our show notes. Excellent. All right. So, ladies, what is something you were looking forward to this week? Uh I get my second vaccine next Sunday, so <gasps> with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. And and I've been working on like a three and a half week renovation of my house, so hopefully by next weekend I have my washer and dryer back. So that's just what oh, I want. Nice. I just want a vaccine and a way to do laundry. Okay, just a little. You've things. been doing it at my house. I know, but <laughs> I really I appreciate it deeply. We've been in our bubble, so yeah. I have your rugs. I'll drop them off tomorrow. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be in your bubbles with you. Yeah. Um, we actually got some feedback. Like sometimes it's a little glitchy over Zoom. And, mm -hmm. you know, somebody was asking us like, when are you guys going to be back in person? And, you know, May 2nd. We will all three be fully vaccinated. So that's something maybe we'll do. And I will tell our listeners, like a part of it, the reason we finally made it to 50 episodes though is because of Zoom. We're both have, fam we all have families and children yeah. and getting together is actually really difficult. And that's why we had a hiatus for a while. And when COVID hit with Zoom, we were like, why not? And our amazing sound person makes it all work pretty dang good uh -huh. for us having like AirPods and <laughs> pretty simple microphones. Yeah, our our audio guy is amazing. We call him Pod Scott. Uh, he doesn't usually like a lot of credit, so we won't leave use his last name. But Pod Scott, we He's really awesome. love you. He's we love best. you so much. He's the best. <laughs> he really is the best. He's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, happy second spring, everyone. And <laughs> happy 50th. <laughs> happy 50th Yay! episode. All right. Have a good night. You guys. Good night. Bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.